Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I am here with Steve Hordinsky from Catharo Training Center, you're, and your Basil Hafez's uh, jiu-jitsu coach, and and uh, Harris Talunzik. Yes. Yeah, and probably more, but those are, that's kind of our yeah. connection here. Yeah, I've been uh, working with Basil, well, uh, probably started working a, a few months before that fury fight okay you know the one where he he knocked out evan cuts no oh yeah so um yeah i've been doing a little bit uh uh well i i started a long time ago doing it when i first moved to colorado but i stepped away and uh you know just focused on my jiu-jitsu school focused on you know, grappling and kind of got out of that scene and then, uh, you know, 2020, you know, Chris Camozzi gives me a call and he's like, hey, would you be my jiu-jitsu coach? I was like, all right, yeah, what's going on? So he had just left Factory X. And so I was like, well, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, but you got to travel. Because, you know, I didn't like to travel much back then. So I'm like, oh, man, you're right. I don't like to travel. But uh, I was like, for you, Chris, I'll, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. So he brought me back in. Then I started working at Genesis. And uh, we ran into uh, uh, ran into a Ray uh, Bunk Bunkard. He's a, a very high level wrestler, a world team guy, like Olympic level, you know, big time. And uh, he introduced uh, Basil and I because Basil and him were uh, doing their striking over at Pound for Pound with uh, Justin Gaethje. Uh, yeah, with with Jeho, Coach Jeho. And then uh, then I met you know Gaethje and everything when I started working with Basil going to onyx and stuff like that so um but what i liked about basil right from the beginning is like when we started grappling it was like real technical like real tough but like not like like it was all technique you know it was there was no muscling mm -hmm. nothing like that it's like so we had really we have really good training um you know sessions and then we have like we start breaking down techniques and looking at them from fighting like we come up with some really sound I, I feel like very sound solutions for like mma problems code red I'm just yeah, yeah yeah no, no, shit. yeah no, no go red go red uh <laughs> that's one of our codes yeah that's okay you don't you can't handle the truth <laughs> you know what that's from that oh movie? yeah um, jack nicholson yeah 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 what is it uh i see that i can't tell the tip of my tom time. cruise where he's the lawyer yeah you, you want to know the truth you can't handle the truth code red uh, yeah and it was i don't I can't remember the name. the name of it damn it Put in the comments what's the name of that movie i'll think of it probably yeah, we'll think of it before but so yeah so he's a legit black belt then not like uh oh yeah man yeah because uh, he's pretty young i don't know well um so he he uh so i i'm i started jiu-jitsu back in like what 1997. okay that's and when i graduated uh, high school is that about i graduated in uh, uh 94. okay 94 i went uh, as soon as I got out of school, straight off to the military. Okay. Um, I almost didn't make it, you know, because I was I was like, man, I don't know if I really want to go. So I was saying, you know, my girlfriend at the time, you know, 
I, I'd been dating her for a while and I'm about to leave and all this stuff. And then, like my friends and my dad yeah. and everything. I'm like, I don't want to go. Yeah. So they, they had a going away party and I didn't show up to, to meet the recruiter. And then uh, my dad came and <laughs> came and grabbed me with the recruiter <laughs> and had my shit already packed. I was off to the Navy. Hell yeah. So, you know, um, I think my dad knew it was like the best thing for me at yeah. the time and uh, squared me away. So I uh, joined the Navy um you know i got stationed in uh at first in san diego Ooh, i like i like san diego i love yeah. san diego i was thought i was gonna be stationed there like for like the four years the ship i got on to was in uh, a dry dock scenario where they were like fixing everything they were you know getting it ready and i guess they had decided that they were gonna uh decommission it in hawaii okay so i got there um everything was like mechanical work and i hated it it was like it was not fun at all yeah and, i can see that and i was like man i want to do something so they needed a search and rescue swimmer so i was like you know what i bet i could do that it'd get me off this boat for a few months uh, so i went and did search and rescue did the school graduated it and everything came back ship we got back to work and we went to hawaii and we got home ported in hawaii so my i thought i was going to be staying in san diego i was like well at least i can fly back see my family and all that stuff and all of a sudden the navy pulls the switcheroo on me and they say you're going to hawaii and i'm like that's cool i guess yeah but you're but so it, far you can't be flying back and forth nah, but often. it was good though when i got there uh you know we, we found out that we we're going to be stationed here i was like dang well i guess it could be worse <laughs> I was in hawaii yeah and i like i was i was kind of you know punk you know i got got a little bit of trouble you know right in that beginning while you were in the military oh yeah yeah okay yeah, being like 18 and then 19 and then like i'm underage and i'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes that like want to party and everything oh and yeah like, god drinking and i'm like eh. but like you could you know, yeah some like the base there um uh in san diego like if you're 18 you go whoa go to cool. the club and you, you yeah on base sergeant's club or some shit yeah like it's, it's like a military yeah you could go there and you could, they would let you drink if yeah. you're 18 but you know you know where else you could so <laughs> uh cool. or unless you went down to tijuana and like you see everybody always getting in trouble down oh there. my god yeah so i've been there getting out of getting out of san diego is probably like a really good idea yeah yeah because you know then when we get to hawaii you know, it was still fun, you know, like um, made new friends and, you know, eventually found jujitsu. Did, did you get involved or see any of the fight culture there, you know, the yeah, Hawaiians? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, once I, I, I drifted away from martial arts, you know, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. I started with like Kimpo Karate, I had a okay. fascination with like Bruce Lee. So I, you know, I was always mimicking those, those things and, you know, practicing and then, you know, do martial arts. And then I studied uh, Kempo Karate right in the beginning. That was all through like like high school I was doing that. So My I got downstairs, Tom, shout out to Tom, and he, he teaches Kempo Karate. Yeah. I've been training with him because he's the, like, I can't do jujitsu right now. So yeah. I'm just doing basically what I can do. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. Like, I think Kempo Karate is good. You know what? The stuff I learned in Kempo Karate, I, I actually applied to jujitsu. Nice. Like, um, like you know how the trap fighting is the, the close contact making the, the parries and stuff like that and that's mm -hmm. all jujitsu yeah you know, you're doing that all the time when you're just standing or yeah or even on the ground well i'm just saying in kempo oh yeah, yeah 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 and actually i haven't gotten too deep into that but um he trains it and and hearing you say those words i'm like okay well let me maybe i could just 
practice Kempo? I think I think it all has a place, you know. Um, I feel like I have really good balance and I have good footwork uh, that applies to wrestling and, and you know, my, my uh, stability, you know, foundation is from, you know, having that discipline around the karate footwork because you would have to, you know, drop down into a perfect stance every time. You would drill it, mm-hmm. drill it, Let's drill it, her. drill it. And you would, you would be, you know, focused on like, what is your weight distribution? Mm-hmm. 50-50 or, you know, 60-40. You know, like the different ways you could position yourself, you know, you're going to get a different weight distribution. Mm-hmm. All that stuff applied to like not being swept mm-hmm. and like be, not being taken down or being in a better position to take someone down, being in a better position, you know, to, uh, you know, move into you know some kind of sweep some kind of back take you know some kind of takedown so i think that that it all helps you know yeah you know so i i like people don't know probably if you've never done jujitsu but the weight distribution is like one of the most important aspects because you can just get thrown off if you're mounted you know and the person on the bottom understands they can throw you off of them but the person on top staying on top you know, it requires the understanding of the weight distribution. And I was I was watching Bryce Mitchell fighting last night against um, 50K Dan Ige. And the way he was able to maintain his top control with Dan squirming and the transitions he was making, which I also kind of commented earlier about how Basil was able to maintain his position over JDM. Um, <laughs> we'll find it. Yeah, I just say, because it's going to go off. <laughs> uh, Anyways, that's just the one of the like that's the key, like the starting point to me for jujitsu yeah. is like you know what I mean. But being you're a coach, to, actually. Oh, being able to control someone first. Oh yeah. You know, control and efficiency is like how I I look at everything with jujitsu. Um, you know, there's a so starting jujitsu in '97, uh, I was still active in kempo karate okay. and i would i did some thai boxing in hawaii i found a place um you know i was looking for something i was looking for something that was familiar uh when i was when i before i went to hawaii i went i was in san diego i went to like a, a, a kempo karate school or parker lineage but they didn't like me there because like the way we trained like we hit each other kind nice. of like 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 half power shots yeah. like hit to the to the right i like you know, half power yeah i mean we were we were like we were kind of like i don't know we were kind of a little rowdy and so i thought that was normal so <laughs> when i went to this school before you know in san diego like i know i wasn't welcome back i can't remember the name of the school but i went one time maybe two times i i, I can't remember exactly but i know that they had to pull me aside they said you gotta control your power i was like i am though that's what I was trained to do. That's how I was thought you were supposed to do it. So I found out they didn't train the way we did. So I toned it down. And then like one, then that, the last time I was there, because so I do believe I went there twice, they had a grappling day where they were doing it on, doing the stuff on the ground. And I was like, I was like, oh, all right. I did okay because I don't think they knew what they were doing, right? So I was like, all right, jujitsu is okay. I think I can handle myself. So 1997, when I met... Uh, one of the uh, Marines that was on board the ship I was on, Phil Cardella, he actually did real jujitsu, you know, from Helsin through, through the uh, Zuka brothers. 
so that he was small man i was big i was like two i i, I had to been about 210 back wow. then yeah and you know i'd lift it all the time and okay. i thought i thought being bigger and stronger would be better for fighting you know for like uh martial arts and uh phil cardella beat the crap out of me nice. and he did it in such a way that like there was it was like stone cold face I'm like man this guy is like stone stone cold looking at me and, and he's kicking my ass and then afterwards he's real nice <laughs> <laughs> right and i thought to myself i was like man if he wanted to he could probably kill me you know honestly yeah like and take I, your arm off or just like, choke you definitely, out definitely i'm like i'm, I'm glad he's nice uh, <laughs> but i was like man and, and you know i thought to myself like if people know this like i gotta learn it like this is like a superpower yes like it was the first time in all of the martial arts that i had been studying it was the first time that i experienced a martial art that actually did what it said it was going to do i'm gonna show you how to choke someone out do it and you could do it live so after like one or two or let's say maybe like three lessons with uh, phil cardella we were in the tank deck of this uh, Amphib, this LST 1184 USS Frederick. I mean, we had this empty space where we bring these Amtraks in, and they—that's where we, the Marines would be, you know. And they have this, this big, uh, like table that rotates. And so what it does is when the Amtrak comes in, there's no way to turn it around, so it spins it. Nice. You like know, with hydraulics or something. Yeah, kind of yeah, shit. yeah. And so we put the mats right there. Nice. And that's where we trained jujitsu for like like five months or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was an eye opening experience because like, you know, I just got my book kicked. There was no question, no question. I needed to test it again. I was like, I'm learning it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you get kind of a high too. I mean, yeah. I feel like, anyways, just well, from yeah. the exertion when you're just like totally spent. When you're done, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, it's like that. Like you know, uh, for a good time, I, I was spending all my energy in that. You know, and we had, like I said, we had Marines coming down. It was like challenge every every night. There was something going on down in that tank deck, and there was like challenges, like Fight Club shit. Yes, nice. Like, but like you know, sometimes open hands, you know, but like nothing terrible. You know, yeah. we, we were okay with it. You want an open hand? That's not true because we did one where we're just like elbow and headbutts too. So I mean, whoa, well, getting, I don't know why we're doing that. Yeah, it wasn't you're hard and crazy, probably a little bit. It, I think it was it was like somewhat intentional it happened to me i was like somewhat intentional but not like maybe accidental yeah i feel like i just frustrated the person uh, you yeah, know like tyson bite yeah but we were hitting each other like open hands and like palm strikes and like lights punches the the, the midsection no gloves nothing just, yeah just seeing if that it sounds works. awesome yeah, it was fun. We, I mean, we got to test it on each other. Nobody really got hurt, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we had fun. And then uh, I found out that it worked. And I remember I uh, had a friend of mine on the ship. Uh, he's, he's still my friend. You know, he, we were both from Colorado, right? Uh, Jeremy Witters. He's one of my, like, best friends, oldest friends. And I was uh, older than him, so I was like, you know, I went off to the Navy before him. Mm-hmm. He came later. Same ship. Nice. We were on the same ship together. Two bo two boys from Colorado. Hell yeah. And uh, he wrestled, and I did the stand up martial arts. And when I found jujitsu, he used to kick my butt. He would take me down, whoop my ass. And then when I found jujitsu, he took me down and choked him out. Nice. And then I got him doing jujitsu for a little bit. He stopped. What do you mean he stopped? He stopped doing jujitsu. 
Why? I don't know, but he started again like like what about four years ago? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. we're still friends and everything. But it started in that tank tank. I was training with Phil, my one of my best friends. Who he's training now, he's he's doing real good, you know. His son trains with me. But it was like a full circle, you know. Do you so, think that having a no base or a wrestling base is better for jujitsu? I, I felt like a wrestling base helped yeah. me a lot, yeah. actually. When I could get, when I could, um, I, it was easy for me to not worry about being on my back. I was like, so what? I'm gonna learn how to fight here. I think some wrestlers might have that transition, like I'm not as comfortable on my back. So what I did is I developed my guard right away. That was the first thing I did. And uh, I did that with uh, a good trainer partner of mine, Barrett Yoshida. He was the one who kind of put me under his wing and showed me how to how to train. Is this all on the ship, or is this? No, this is this is when I got the, the fast forward. You know, we went back. Uh, Phil and I trained together. We started at the IAS school, uh, which was with uh, um, Chris and Mike Onzuka. Purple belts that it opened up a school back then. They were they're badasses. Oh, yeah. They're still like people that I love and respect. They were my first teachers, along with Phil. And uh, Phil was my first because you know he's the one who introduced yeah. me to it. And yep. then uh, Chris and Mike became my teachers. And my first tournament, I won. Helson put a blue belt on me, and then I started training at the the main academy under Helson. Um, right away when I went in there, the first, as soon as I was a, a brand new blue belt, I'm like gonna go training and it was there's a lot of people there that academy was really beautiful it had a when you came up the stairwell you had a private mat room you had the front desk you had the main mat room and then you had another mat room Whoa. like for like where we did the mma stuff and then you had the showers like it was a full service like this uh, like it was nice nice and uh there it was full it was always full of just savages you know and so i got on there and right away i linked up with barrett he whooped my ass it was some shit i'd never seen before i was like holding him holding me spun underneath me i was in a triangle i was like dang that was that's something else right there so then i started naturally i was like all right i'm gonna train with this guy and so he would just have me i come in we drill he's like, we're gonna do these drills i was like okay so we just did that all the time. We had training logs and we would log all the stuff we're doing. He said, make sure you get at least three taps today. <laughs> I was like, that's like kind of what I got from it because yeah. he's like, make sure you get taps, make sure you log them, tell them what you did. If you get caught, write it down. Okay. He was very like adamant about that. And uh, so you still do that? Do you still, do you, um, I mean, maybe not still, but did you keep that up? I guess I did. I did. And, yeah. and I created a, a version of that. Um, so what I did is, I took those ideas of having a training log and I created a, an app, Jiu-Jitsu on the go. Jiu-Jitsu on the go. Yeah, that's my app. I'm gonna get that. Yeah, when you see, I'll show it to you. I'll give you a code for it. Okay. I'll, I'll give you, actually, I'll do better than that. I got, I got you. I'll, okay. get, I'll get you the access. Cause you, 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 you're gonna- I'm gonna you, hook you up Yeah, too. you hook me up with we'll some, trade. Yeah, some good stuff here. So, and also you let me be on your podcast, so I appreciate that. But you'll like it. Um, it's a Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle app. Uh, it, what inspired me to do it is that, um, you know, I always try to look ahead, you know, and I think to myself, like, I heard this somewhere, uh, they said, think of how you're going to live or do business or 10 years from now and think about how you're going to do it and then do it now. So I just oh. applied it to jujitsu. I said, how am I going to do jujitsu 10 years from now? to you know adapt okay. with age and everything else like how i'm going to stay proficient and efficient on the map so you know i took that 
idea around everything. Like, how am I going to train jiu-jitsu 10 years from now? Do it now. How am I going to do business 10 years from now? Do it now. So I always try to stay in front of technology. Um, back in the day when I started my school, I started the jiu-jitsu academy after I've been, I, I spent a long time in the service. Um, how le- long? 11 years. Oh, 11. Okay. Yeah, 11 years. Um, I did I, six. So All right. What, what branch? I was in the Army. Yeah, right Two on, tours man. in Iraq. That's and I, When I was in Iraq is where I came up with the idea for Sheath. But did you ever... I, I was reading that on your website. That yeah. is super dope. I was yeah. reading that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool as shit, man. Yeah. But yeah. So 11 years. But you... So, like, if you did 11, most people would be like, okay, I'm just going to do 20. What happened? All right. Here's <laughs> what happened. So... I didn't want to go in the Navy and do just any job. Um, I'm not. I, I'm. I was a competitor in jujitsu. I pushed myself. I wanted to win. I mean, I won a lot in competition. Um, so I'm very competitive. And my dad, when I was a kid, told me about the you know Navy SEALs program. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds like something I want to do. Never got a chance because I, I never could get started. Yeah, uh, you you have you to get have, selected. Sometimes. Well, you have to have a vision. Oh, okay. Uh, I I didn't. Ha- I used to wear glasses, and so I didn't have the the vision requirements to even try. Um, it, was, it was super bummed. I mean, because yeah. I, I went in there and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this, and then I found out I couldn't do it. So I'm like angry on the ship, and I think that's probably why I got in a little bit of trouble because I pissed off. I was like, the thing I want to do, I can't do. What yes. the fuck? Yeah. But. Fast forward, I meet some divers. I learned about diving, uh, becoming a Navy diver. And I'm like, guy tells me, well, you'll be in the community. When they when they okay the, the eye surgery, you could go and do it. I was like, sounds like a plan. He's all, don't be surprised if you love being a Navy diver more. I was like, okay. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. So I went to dive school in 99. Um, you know, I, I was uh, graduated second in my class. There was a deal I had with the uh, commanding officer there that if I was graduating first in class, he sent me back to Hawaii so I can continue training jiu-jitsu with Helson. So um, I didn't make it, but he still was like, Close good enough. job, right? He kicked ass, right? And, you know, I was working, I was training. I was I was even coaching out there. Somehow I got linked up with like just kind of coaching an MMA fight there with a guy who trained with me a little bit. He didn't win, but... You know, he, he he put some effort in, but, you know, like, it was like my calling was jujitsu. The right? first taste of coaching. Yeah, yeah, it was neat. I liked it. I like teaching, you know. So it was, I knew I was going to do it sometime, at some point, you know, especially, you know, spend time with Helson like I did, um, seeing what, what kind of life he lived as a jujitsu, uh, you know, uh, master. And he was, the, he was, like, pretty well off. Well, financially no, he, and all that. yeah, I mean, like, you know, Helson, he lives a different kind of lifestyle. Um, I, I, I would say that um, he, he's a great guy. You know, he has a big heart. Uh, everybody got issues, you know, but uh, I would say he's a good man. Um, he's kind of like, we just don't talk too much anymore okay. at all, really. But I have a lot, nothing but love for him. But I saw how he, he how passionate he was about jiu-jitsu, and I saw how it was helping everybody with their life. Yeah. And I saw that uh, um, that he would give you the shirt off his back. Mm. He's that kind of guy. Yeah. You know? So, um, and I saw how he, people treated him. I saw how he interacted with people. I went did the seminars. I went and competed. I mean, I even lived with him at one point in time. And I knew I wanted, I, I remember sitting down in a, a hotel room after a competition in Ohio. And I told him that uh, I wanted to teach jujitsu. And he, he, you know, gave me, a, you know, he said something to me that oh, I'll stick with me forever. He said, you know, 
he knew that it was like all I had to hold on to, you know, like it was like what identified me. I was like, I love jujitsu so much. And he knew it was a big deal to me, but like I had something to prove. He could tell that, you know, that's the reason why I volunteered for all the stuff I did. That's the reason why I tried to always push the heart to do the hardest things. Someone said, too hard, I'll do it. I'll try it at least, you know. And uh, he told me, he said, you know, the jujitsu that I, uh, you're getting your jujitsu from the source, you know, it's like from my daddy, God. you know, from my daddy to me, to you. And, you know, he just, we talked about that for a little bit, about the lineage and the purity of the, the jujitsu that I was learning and seeing it in competition and seeing it whenever I would travel, even when I went to Brazil, seeing how well my jujitsu that I learned from Helsin had held up. I was like, you know, I knew that I needed to stay in Hawaii. So dive school was a way for me to, to get back to Hawaii and make sure I could continue because I didn't want to go anywhere else. Where else am I going to go? I feel like I, I was in the best spot. I had world champions coming in to train with us all the time because they love going to Hawaii. Some of my best trainer partners, Daniel Marias, five-time world champion. We had Salo Sanji coming through. We had Paige Apano coming through. We had Mario Sperry coming through. I got to you know experience jujitsu from all these people. Clever Luciano, and then it just on and on. Hanzo came through. I mean, it was everyone. Bustamante when he was fighting, uh, you know, it, it was it was dope. It was it was so awesome to have Sounds... that much high level jujitsu because we didn't have the internet like you, like mm. we do now. I mean, shit, we couldn't even get like cool geese. Like we would have to wait till Helson would come back with some geese, and, I, and they were first come first serve. Machado gee, Machado gee, I'm taking, like, you know, and then he and then he started his own gee line, but you couldn't even get good geese. Everybody was rolling. It, even the belts. The belts were like blue belt, and you had to get an iron-on patch for the black bar. We had to do it ourselves. Yeah, that's how they came. And, and rash guards. Rash guards were. They weren't. They weren't for jujitsu. They were for surfing. surfing yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, the rash guards we were getting were had like a little extra bit of collar. <laughs> yeah. Tap out started coming out, and they, they're the ones that started, you know, creating the gear. Yeah, and they were like the first the first people they sponsored were jujitsu students, and they were coming to the Ohio tournament. Uh, the uh, great uh, the Arnold Arnold does the uh, Schwarzenegger does the classic oh, over yeah. there in Columbus, Ohio. So we had the Gracie uh, Worlds at the Arnold's, whatever. That was one of the biggest tournaments in the U.S. at the time. It was bigger than uh, Worlds was still happening in. Uh, in Brazil, okay. Pan Am's, I think, came to Hawaii and California a couple of times, and then, but the uh, Helsins tournament, the Arnold's, that thing was packed. I mean, Marcelo Garcia was competing in it. All the, just everybody who was something in jiu-jitsu at the time, was competing in it. And you were there. I was competing in it too. Oh, cool. How'd that go? Oh man, it was tough. I was I was a purple belt and. Uh, you know, I all right. So I trained in the gi all the way up to like purple belt. I think purple belt. I took it off. Okay. And I started getting into no gi. I didn't know. I started no gi. Yeah, it, it was different back then. Yeah, you know, I just didn't, I, know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. I mean, I think, I think they're both. If they're done right, they're both good. I mean, a good instructor is going to be able to teach you how to fight in the gi and without the gi, without having to drastically change your game. In my opinion. Now, whether you choose to go deep into the gi play or deep into the no gi play or keep it in the middle or just slide back and forth between those perspectives, mm -hmm. yeah, I did. completely up to you. I try to stay in the middle. 
Mm-hmm. I try to go back and forth, but mm-hmm. you know, of course, I lean more no gi because in the gi, I, don't really, I, I just grab. I don't grab the gi. Okay. Yeah. I maybe use like four grips, five grips, tops. Collar. No, not even that. I don't use that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I just know. grab this one, this side collar, this sleeve. I'll grab a pant leg, maybe here and there. Um, I'll do a Hicks and choke. I or a paper cutter choke. I call it the Hicks and choke. I don't know why. That's how I learned it. But the paper cutter choke. Let's place that in. <laughs> Just kidding. Paper cutter choke. Yep. <laughs> but uh, you know, like. Uh, it's just like you know, it's, it's, it's jujitsu. You know, like it's fun. You know? How, so, what about um, Helson? How did he feel about nogi? I'm assuming he was. Oh yeah, he he gi. like he just didn't he didn't like the heel hooks. He was very oh, yeah. very worried about heel hooks with all his athletes. He wants to see us get hurt. Right. Um, and I appreciated that. So when I started getting into like uh, competition, I really wanted to test myself. So as a purple belt, I was competing against black belts in nogi competitions, and I was doing super fights, and I was. I was winning a lot, you know. I was beating some black belts. Uh, I was having a lot of a lot of good guys, you know. And um, you know, I, I I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed the competition. Um, I got a credit though. My understanding of leg locks came from one man. It was uh, uh, Coffee. Coffee. He was uh, one of my favorite guys in in the academy, and uh, he was notorious that if he touched your foot, you would tap. Oh, no. Like, he could tap you in some weird way. And I mean, it was, you're like, damn, that's savage, right? And I remember, like, just studying with him. He told me, the, he gave me the ins and outs, and I went with those rules, and I just started playing legs. And I found that I had an advantage, definitely. I was I saw an advantage in heel hooks right away. They were, they ended, if you were good at them, they ended it right away. Now the games, it's you can't get away with some of those things they do now. Now you have to have like different positions. You have to really focus on controlling the knee, knee line is what I'm seeing. It's not really about like the finish. It's about how well you can control that knee line will lead to the finish. And, you know, how well you can transition in and out of those positions and maybe even, you know, transition to the back. So the game is very evolved. But back then, like, dude, nobody was really doing it. So heel hooks were easy to do on people. You could do them all kinds of ways, you know. And, uh. He was notorious for that. So I st- I trained with him in my first no-gi competition. Uh, first guy, heel hook right away, you know, no problem. I was like, that was easy. Uh-huh. And then uh, I was doing a super, man, a super fight. I was- uh, Is that just like no limit, no, no time? It was just, it, it, no, it, well, I, I don't even remember, but it, all my, I never really thought about that because I always just try to finish people. And Why is it called a super fight? Or it, because it was a four-man super fight and I was getting paid. <laughs> Nice. not that much i mean not like but today something, yeah. but something yeah and uh i i won it and uh how i beat the the second guy was triangle uh so i went for a knee bar the guy didn't like it defended it rolled me up i rolled inverted slapped on a triangle choked him out he was a black belt so wow i was like all right we're gonna go on a black belt yeah so i'm like thinking like oh this is gonna be great so i go to ohio and i tell helson i want to do i want to do the pro the pro division and he's like sure steve da, da, da. i was like yeah i want to do the pro division so the first guy i get pitted against uh was uh i'm gonna probably brutalize the last name but mark lehman lyman oh yeah lehman. I, I went against him and like i he was our like a big he cut weight right you know he's like i think he knew the weight cut thing i just showed up when i was at man i don't i didn't care and you know he had already beat one of my friends in Hawaii, so I already knew who he was. I already knew it was tough because, like, he beat Kimo, one of my friends, Kimo, uh, Chris. He beat him, 
in competition and chemo was one of my tough trainer partners so i knew the guy was good but i was like i'm gonna kick this guy's butt i'm gonna try my hardest and i did you know i tried my hardest and i was doing pretty good it went it was a 10 minute match so it was 10 minutes and i think it went down to came down to the last 20 or 30 seconds and he did something that was like i was like all right that was dirty but that was good he he went locked up for the kimura and he dropped his knee right on my sternum mm. i felt like he was gonna break my shit yeah so and and i was resisting it man even to this day i think that that's probably why i don't have as much flexibility because it went pop 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 but uh, I no surgery nothing like that yeah. but it was uh it was good i mean i tested myself you know and um you know, I just kept doing that. I kept testing myself. I came back the next year. Um, I went into the, I was a brown belt the next time I came back to that event. And I went against uh, a Brazilian guy. Um, I, I, you know, I can't remember the life of me, the name, but I know he was he was good from Brazil. I think he was world champion. I submitted him with a mounted guillotine, or guillotine. And then, uh, and then I ran into, um, uh, Todd uh, Moglis, Moglis, Moglis. Anyways, he, uh, I, I got greedy for his leg, man, and I got real greedy for that leg. I remember that. You always, you always remember the mistakes when you fucked up. Right? You're like, oh yeah. Uh, I could give you a play by play what I wish I would have done and what I did do. I tried to toe hold him, and it, he got to my back, and the guy gave me the first taste of a face crank RNC, and I was like, this is gonna break my face. Oh yeah, just. Over the chin, like oh, yeah. not under the oh, yeah. chin. Yeah. And I wish I would have, you know what? Had I been smarter, I would have just given up on the leg and taken the top position and, like, get some fucking points. Yeah. You know, and then it might be a different story. But it would have been terrible because Rafael Lovato was in there, Sanji Rebeau was in there, all those guys were in there. I was like, oh, it, it would have been fun. I would have enjoyed it. But, like, I knew, <laughs> I knew I was going to get some, some monsters in that. But it was I enjoyed every minute of it. You know that was uh, the same tournament. Both Rafael Lovato and I actually competed against each other. Okay. In the uh, finals. And in the finals, um, he had submitted everybody all the way up, including my friend uh, Ricky, which is uh, um, Basil's coach. That you guys black belt from. Okay. Yeah, we were we were but we're homies. We go way back. You okay. Know? And so we're in the division, and like we're we're like going up and he went against Lovato and he choked out you know, Ricky and I was like oh fuck this guy's good too son of a bitch <laughs> alright I'm gonna try to get him he almost did the same thing to me like he was he did a, a bow and arrow choke and on, uh, I think that's what he got Ricky with and then he was doing it on me and I like just last minute spun turn out got on top but I got my ass whooped on points hmm. I got completely destroyed it was a tough tough one but then I felt like I felt like I learned a lot, you yeah. know. I learned a lot about jujitsu, and then it comes later, Lovato wins the world championship. I'm like, hell yeah! Man. And you held your own, basically, well, kind of. Yeah, I would say I held my own. I would just say I didn't get submitted. I survived. Yeah, you know, I survived. I got my ass whooped against the world champ. That's I don't well, know. he became the world champ. Yeah, and and when it did it, I was like, like I, watching his career has been amazing. You know, seeing what he's done. He successful in fighting and Bellator like one of the most accomplished American jiu-jitsu athletes, you know, of the, of, you know, he's OG, you know. So uh, I was around during all those guys, Hodge Gracie and all those guys. I think um, we, uh, when I went to Brazil with Helson uh, as a blue belt 
to compete in the world. Same division with like Hodger Gracie and all those guys are. <laughs> so it was pretty neat, man. Yeah. It was, a, I'm, I'm glad that the world's moved to the US. I'm just gonna be honest with you though. Cause I feel like Brazil was kind of sketchy. Uh, These were I was, Paulo. yeah, where I was, I mean, like, I just felt Favelas. like, I mean, bro, we were at that, it was brown belt division. Dude dropped dead on the mat. From what? I, th I, I guess they said that the guy's brother gave him like a, a steroid that they give to like racehorses. And I'm sitting there, this is like, I haven't competed, or no, I already competed, but it, you know, you still have the uh, open division and stuff like that. But I'm watching this and you're thinking like, they're gonna shut this down after this. This dude died and they, they, they do CPR on him and they haul him out and then they start the matches again. Oh my God. I was like, this is not a safe place. Yeah. You know, but. They're dedicated. Yeah, it was a little, little sketchy over there. We yeah. went to an MMA fight out there with Helson. And I remember walking around and I'm like, every single person walking into the video is like all cauliflowered up, just yeah. gnarly looking, all fighters, all jujitsu people. And I'm this this white dude in, in Brazil and I'm like, where's Helson? I lost him. <laughs> yeah, <was> my boy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fun though. It's, they're from, they're off, he's obviously from Brazil. Yeah. Then. And so you took all of that experience and uh did you ever fight in like mma in the cage no, or anything? You know, I, I it didn't really appeal to me yeah um i i don't know i i just felt because what i was seeing back then was like more less technical and i was already looking at how i was already having an appreciation for technique yeah and um i i trained fighters so yeah i mean i was always the partner to get people ready because I was on, like, I would do it, you know, I could, I was durable enough to do it. And I was just a good training partner in the room. But um, I just never really got, I never got that book. I, I did the jujitsu competition. I, I don't know, I just got really fascinated with jujitsu. I just wanted to study it. Yeah. But then, and, and like, your vision was more for coaching or were, is you, because you have to make a living, you know. Well, I, I knew I wanted to keep doing jiu-jitsu, so I knew I would teach. I knew yeah. I would coach. I knew I'd open up a school. I didn't know how. I just knew I'd do it. Right. So I knew that that, that was my path, um, especially after I stopped competing. And when I stopped competing and went full-time coaching, it just, and teaching, it went, it just affirmed everything that I knew already. I competed to test myself to see how good my jiu-jitsu was and if it could hold up against the best in the world. And when I felt like I did enough there, I was like, you know what? Now I'm gonna study jujitsu. And I did. And I've been studying it ever since and innovating ideas. I mean, there are people that are they're gonna figure out the same stuff you did, right? Uh, if you if you do it long enough. But figuring it out for yourself is different than someone teaching it to you. I, I don't know I don't know how often that happens for people, but I experience it all the time. I always have. So I think I always had this uh, thing for jujitsu and like learning jujitsu and understanding jujitsu. Like, why is this the most efficient way to do this? What's happening here to the human body? How come this works? How come it doesn't work? Where's the thing? Where's everything gonna fall apart? So I don't know. It just studying that and then applying the the core principles. Of, uh, of the jiu-jitsu that I learned is that, you know, 
you're building a, a jiu-jitsu that should be applicable in the streets or in the cage and my athletes approve it mm -hmm. so i get more from seeing them succeed i've already had my time yeah you know my mine is a coach mine is a business uh owner and i want to build you know i'm building my little legacy you know with with my community and uh, you know, given my expression of jujitsu to the world, like side through through the digital and mm -hmm. you know through through my academy and everything like that. So um, it's neat to see people achieve their dreams. And so if I can be a part of like Basil's dream to you know be in the UFC and continue, and Harris is to be in the UFC, you know he'll get there too. You watch, he'll be there soon. Yeah, I'm but, I'm excited for him. I we had a really good conversation on this podcast. He's a, he's a He's a fun guy to talk to about. It, he's grown on me quite a bit. Yeah, he gets so fascinated. Like uh, just so the other day, uh, we're at sparring, and you know he's he's working hard too, and he's trying to make. I don't know if people realize, but man, those guys you see on TV, it takes a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, like to be a fighter in the UFC, they sacrifice everything, and they're not making that much money mm -hmm. until they like. Make through. their until they put their footprints in that in that arena and they make something happen, right? So, um, but man, I see him the hustle and I see the grind and you know you get really connected with them as a, as a coach because like you want nothing more than the best for your athletes. You know you want to see them succeed. I don't want to see an athlete give up on his dream. You know because you know giving up on your dream sucks. Yeah, I know? tattooed I tattooed sheath on my back in 2013 it's this huge tattoo yeah. and the, what i tell people is i did it to prevent me from quitting because i had started a, or had started a business or tried to start a business before that was a really good idea it was a multi-million dollar idea maybe even billion it was had to do with keys yeah and i called them like crazy keys there were these artistically designed keys and this was in 2001 and i couldn't I, I quit before I created the you know the final product because it was too hard and yeah. I couldn't figure out how to do it and in 2006 I saw those keys at Walmart at Lowe's at Home oh, Depot damn, right? you know where they have like the Broncos or whatever and it that's that was my idea yeah. and I quit and so after that I when I came up with sheath I got it tattooed on my back and it was to make sure I didn't quit because if I did quit and let's say you're walking down on the beach, shirt off, and they'll be like, what's sheath? And I'd yeah, have to explain to, it. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's a dream I gave up on a long time ago or whatever. That's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. And so, but it, and I stuck with it, and here we are. So That's badass, man. I like hearing stories like that, man. You know what's funny you said about the tattoo? My whole arm is my my logo. I love the, the It's like jiu-jitsu, the kanji each triangle for the degrees that are in the, the black belt the griffin is my logo uh so the claws the claw yes yeah, the griffin and then up here is the uh, uh the gracie oh sick seal from the lineage that i was uh, born into jujitsu with right <laughs> um so yeah I, I did that for a similar reason so i won't quit yeah and i i mean I, i've seen a lot of my like people I'm a fan of like sublime uh, Bradley had it tattooed on his back and Wiz Khalifa had I don't know I see these people it, it seems like a dedication to do that and so and like a lot of the fighters Cerrone a lot of the, fighters have their name I don't know 
I, I think uh, there's us. You ever, um, I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, when they, uh, you know, I'll get the story wrong, but they say burn the ships. So yeah. You don't have uh -huh. a way to turn back. You can yeah. only, you can only move forward and succeed. You're either going to succeed or die. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you put yourself in that situation, you'd be surprised what you could do. Back um, against the wall. Your back yeah. against the wall. Yeah. Your story though, you told me about with the uh, keys. You ever, uh, you ever hear, uh, was it a uh, three feet from gold? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You must have read Think, Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> I've read all of them, man. Yeah. I had a, a mentor that uh, instructed me that he would not work with me at all or teach me anything about business or being an entrepreneur unless I would read these three books. Think and Grow Rich, Science of Getting Rich, and uh, The Cabalion by the Three Initiates. Okay, I didn't. Re I, I read The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles and, by, yeah, yeah. and, and Think and Grow Rich. What was that other one? Uh, the Cabalion by the three initiates so it's a it's a pretty heavy book <laughs> um it's falls into the occultism kind of like, like category uh just because it's like ancient knowledge that they say it's like dates back like to egypt ancient Dope. times right it talks about like hermes Scribe mm -hmm. of the gods, yeah, right? Trismegistus, it, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. All the, the laws, tablet, the, the emerald tablet, emerald tablets. I, I mean, I never got that far with it, but I did read the material, and when I read it, it wasn't what I was expected because it was more scientific than it was, uh, like spiritual, sp like spiritual and like uh, like mystical, right? Mystical. It wasn't mystical. Okay, it sounds like it would be more mystical. No, it, it, that's what I thought too. Yeah, uh, there's like. So the principles are if I, I might miss some of them but the first one is like mentalism basically what that's saying is like the universe is mental and we live in the mind of God basically the universe is mental we are the mental creations of the all or the creator and we live in his mind or its mind interesting like a, a, a complete like a consciousness is like what they're talking about like an infinite we're like an extension although of the infinite consciousness yes. probably yeah yeah that's what that's kind of what, like what i got from that and then it's talking about like things that were like all right vibration rhythm cause and effect correspondence you know um, uh, was it gender so there's like these these core principles in this book and it elaborates on them when you listen to it, you're like yeah it sounds like a science lecture more than a occultism mystical book yeah like simple things like um you know um simple explanations like like talks about like is there an absolute darkness or absolute light where does the light fall off where does darkness come on where does heat become heat where does cold become cold can you define that point everything's gradual and it's in layers so it goes deep into like uh different like types of consciousness christ consciousness all this stuff it talks about all i love that it's shit. a heavy book okay but it also is a book if i'm not if i'm not mistaken when i looked at like kind of how it came to be it is rooted in christianity it is rooted into you know religious views it's just like it's not like they've been separated from what i understand like separated and it kind of reconnects at least that's what i got from it yeah and it actually helped me to uh uh you know make some changes in my life you know where i started looking more uh internally at like where i'm at in my life how i'm gonna get there and what kind of person do i need to be to get there like what are what are the things i need to grow so you know being a businessman an entrepreneur being a martial artist and and wanting to continue to expand i had to work on my weaknesses and that's like you know gotta learn leadership 
Gotta mm-hmm. learn how to get through. You know, unfuck your shit. Your shit. You know, your internal shit. <laughs> you can't unfuck <laughs> your internal. <laughs> if you can't unfuck your internal shit, you're you're like you're not gonna go very far. Yeah. Because you're gonna. Because the problem with that is that people can't be around you. Mm-hmm. If you if people don't want to be around you, you won't grow because you can't you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person that people like to be around, they they stick around. You mm-hmm. know, not always. You know. There's some people that, that, that don't stick around, no matter how good you treat them or whatever. That's their shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let them go. Yeah, they're probably gonna be a problem anyways. Um, I was having a thought there with oh, Marsh. Like, what I love about fighters, I find it to be somewhat synonymous or applicable to business in that they dedicate their entire life to this one thing. And it requires all of your focus and attention and determination if you want to be the best and you want to make it to the top. And, you know, and if as an entrepreneur, businessman, if I put that type of dedication into my business, there's a good chance I'm going to probably be successful, probably. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's what I love about fighters and that just that will the focused energy and determination to uh, toward a goal. Absolutely. Um, I think martial arts is good for that. You know, I think that every uh, parent should put their kids in martial arts. Hundred percent. I mean, you're you're not going to get a better set of values. Yeah. If you find the right school, and that's the thing, you got to find the right school. Um, Cobra Kai. Yeah, like it, I would say this: if you're looking for a jujitsu, I look for a couple, you know, key things when I recommend people. Like I have students all over now. Um, I probably. I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I, I, I want someone maybe try to prove me wrong here, but I better have a student or even an instructor in just about every school, like known school in Colorado. Okay. Because I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. They, some of them aren't with me because they, <laughs> we we did we, you know I was an asshole or something. I pissed you know pissed someone off or vice versa, you know, and you know. I don't really hold no grudges with that stuff, you know, anymore. Uh, so, like, if they hear it and they're like, I'm in that category, we cool, bro. But we don't need to talk. Right. We're just, we're just cool. Yeah. You know? And that's my take on it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give people too many chances in my life if they, you know, burn you, you know. But I'm not going to be, you know, vengeful or upset or anything like that. So that, that, that part of me has been part of the martial arts growth right there. But I don't know. I mean... All the all this, all I've learned about jujitsu is that it helps people. Yeah, it helps people cope through some things. It helps people to get a little perspective on on where they stand. Like, like a lot of people think they can fight, and then they get in there like, I don't know shit about this. It's very humbling. humbling. Yeah, and when you humble someone, like the military, that's what they do. They strip you down and humble you. Mm-hmm. They strip you down, humble you, and then you, if you you either don't fit and get processed out, or you get to stay and then you learn the way yeah you like overcome i remember in basic training them telling me i wasn't gonna make it i was a piece of shit i was weak and it that fueled me i was determined to prove them wrong and ultimately yeah. i ended up beating everyone in the battalion as far as physical fitness and marksmanship leadership i was up there and that's there, awesome the only thing i couldn't i didn't do well was with the regulations, oh, yeah. they're like memorized these fucking massive oh, yeah. books of regulations. And I, 
Yeah, the military has a funny way of doing it fast, right? Though, like they put you in like some situations, like all right, I better figure this out. This mm -hmm. is gonna suck. So you grow up real fast. Yeah, I think jujitsu does that too. And like you get a guy in there that's they're either going to face the facts that like they're not as tough as they thought they were, and they're gonna want to grow or they're gonna leave. Yeah, and then jujitsu is probably not the place for them because the egos run the show. You gotta leave it. Mm -hmm. or you have to tame it you know like I, I don't feel like anybody ever really fully leaves their ego at the door right. let's be real here uh -huh. otherwise why you got all these injuries That's, that haven't right yeah like, well and how, how how have you managed to make it 27 years or uh, you know, 20, training yeah well I don't know yeah about 20 well, I'm about 27 now yeah um, so I would say that the way that I started changing is I realized one one my body couldn't push as hard as it did when I was like in my twenties uh, uh, and stuff, when I was competing, like I could push hard, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was, I was natural. Like I know a lot of people who see me back then, they thought like maybe I was on the juice and shit like that. I was in the fucking military. They, I, I wasn't risking my career or my my setup, man. I had to start the old Navy Jiu-Jitsu team so I could get more leave, so I could go back and, and and compete in the mainland and shit, you know. So I was about to jeopardize that. And plus, I hate fucking needles. So I'm not gonna do it. Right? Yeah. And so, like, everybody would say, oh, you're on roids, on roids. I'll tell you straight up to this day, 100%, swear to God, never touched them, and I haven't yet. And, you know, I'm not saying I won't because, you know, I'm 47, you know, so, like, you know, I'll be 48 in January. I'm still, like, you know, trying to do the natural way, you know, with the, the good eating, the right kind of supplements that are natural, that are that seem to work for me, that help me to stay on the mat. So I try to keep my inflammation down. I try to eat well. Um, I when I when I get in there and I try to roll, um, I, I'm very very careful on how I manage their power. So a lot could be said when you lock up with someone. You could tell how good someone is by how they grip you. One grip, one grip could tell you a lot of like what you're about to experience. So that's the first thing is I could feel like this person is going to come at me hard just by how they grip me. And when they would do that, I would allow them to kind of advance into the position because the heavy resistance, if a guy is really big and he wants to pass your guard, the more you tense up, the more you resist, the more stress you're gonna put on the joint. And if you're older, you've been doing that for too long. So you have a chance of injury is what I found. But if I learned to like kind of flow with you and I learned to let you kind of move into somewhat of the position you want, but slightly off, Mm -hmm. by creating angles uh false grips i use this thing called a false grip i never stick my arm all the way around you know someone's waist when i'm pummeling under okay because what happens is now they can lock in right here and then they can lock in right here and they can create one of the loops right and you can get finished there very you're still your head's caught you know it sucks but so what i do is i just kind of insert a upside down hook and I just let it ride in that space. And you know what? It neutralizes power. It makes it to where it's a little bit harder for a guy to control me. And the moment they've changed their idea, the timing window opens. So you create tension. And when they when they meet that tension and, it, and it, it's done right, you have good frames, you have the most efficient grips, most efficient angles that you could create in that situation they will start to adjust because they'll run into something that is strong, it's structurally sound, and then they're like, all right, I'm gonna adjust. In that adjustment, you move. 
So that's where you find like timing. You know, when we talk about the principles of jujitsu, that I that I just keep it simple. I've, I'm not really trying to be complex. I got to teach at a caveman level, you mm-hmm. know, because and, and not because like people are dumb, but some are. <laughs> keep it simple though. Yeah, I mean some are, and I won't overcomplicate shit. Yeah, I'm dumb and shit. Like there's things I'm dumb in. So, so I, if someone can't teach it to me simply and make it something that I can easily apply, then I, I I can't do it. I just, what's the point? I'm just, I discard it. So like, I know I was like that. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, if you're, if you can't make it simple, then it's like, it's, it's not going to be useful to someone under pressure, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to give you a, a complex idea that you're gonna have to do while getting punched <laughs> good <Go>. luck <laughs> yeah and the guy wants to stand up yeah you know that's the biggest thing right there jujitsu anybody who wants to play jujitsu jujitsu works all the time yeah because you've agreed to the game of jujitsu i'm gonna be on the bottom if we're playing jujitsu and i'm happy i'm comfortable you know like i'll stay here all day i'm playing my guard and everything like that right that's not good in fight. Yeah, because if they break up off of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a big, big challenge there. Especially if that's all you do is play jujitsu and you haven't ever trained with someone who does MMA. I would say if anybody's out there that listens to this, does jujitsu, like if you're not training with like MMA fighters or you're not training with wrestlers or someone or just, you know, creating a situation where you have someone that all they want to do is stand up, you're hurting your jujitsu because you'll never be able to hold down someone like that. Yeah. And and, and, and a lot of people that do jujitsu, I don't know if you're working on your striking, so now you got a guy who knows how to punch you and stands up again. So now you gotta do all that work to bring him back down. I don't like making those mistakes. But that's why you have to change. You have mm-hmm. to understand how you can keep the most pressure into the shoulders when you're passing the guard. You can't let the hips. So you have two. You have two access points, uh, two axes that you're gonna, you know, control from. If I go from your from your your butt, your 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 seat to your head or base of your neck, look how big that point is gonna be. It's gonna be much larger than the one from hip to hip or shoulder to shoulder. So what's gonna be easier to rotate on, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, or from your ass to your head, uh, you're gonna get stuck. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to use your legs. Yeah, you're gonna get pinned down. And when I'm controlling the bottom knee, the bottom leg, you're gonna have a hard time. You better have really good frames because you're gonna be just smeared across the mat. And if I get a one-on-one control, now you're stuck. You know when they pass it behind and now they can punch you in the face. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, hold yeah. the arm behind their back or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean the, the shoulders and the hips controlling, like from a top, for, um, you know, like guard or uh, position. Like half guard, yeah. Top, half yeah. guard, top position. That, I I feel comfortable doing stuff like that. I, I it it's kind of just comes with experience. As yeah. a, you know, just making sure that they can't roll out of it. And, you know, and yeah. controlling. I'll like grab under their shoulder, like under their arm, and I don't even know what I'm doing, but I then they can't like roll. Yeah, you gotta stop the way. rotation. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, you figure it out because you have to hold someone down. Yeah. Right. And that's what, I, that's what I'm saying is like, if you add that element of like, let me hold someone down, you'll find, if you do it long enough, you'll find the best way to mm-hmm. hold them down. Yeah. Where to put your head, where to put your arm, 
what leg you have to manage. You know, what's the best direction to pass? For me, the best direction pass when I have a tight waist wrap or, a, um, you know, they call it body lock, right? Okay. Whenever I have that, it's for me to pass to the backside, not to your front. Because you can frame. You can push my face and like, and if you frame on my uh, outside arm, they can punch you or grab you with. You can you can Heisman out. You can just stand right up, right? They just stand up, you yeah. know? And now like it, it, it's impossible to stop sometimes. You know, you have to get lucky or you have to have like something that you're very good at, like to counter that in the action. But um, the best way to pass is back, backside. Okay. Because here's why. Set over the if front. it works, you're going to get side control. If it doesn't work, you get back back exposure. If you get good at hunting that near side hook, now you have the back. I you're speaking a little bit above. I, I'm I'm following you. Right. I think I'll break it down. So look, if I pin, if you are looking at me, and you're running into a wall, which way can you turn? The other way. Yeah. You're giving your back. Yeah. So by passing backside, I create that. You're passing my backside. Backside guard, like so. You, if you're passing the guard, most people do a knee cut through oh. the middle, and you're facing each other. So we're looking eye to eye. Yes. Yes. Right. So what I want you to do is I want you to look eye to eye and look away because you're, you're running into a wall. I have good frames, there's punches, especially the punches encourage them to turn, yes. turtle, yeah, back exposure. Yeah. So you can create that when you, if you're passing the guard and you want to pass and they're facing you and their knee, you're doing like a knee cut pass, mm -hmm. pass to the other way. Let them bring their hooks in, smash down, walk around. I guess I'm thinking that their back is on the ground. No, because they're going to turn. Okay. The, the thing is that a lot of people, you want to keep their back on the ground. Yeah. Like if you're in a side control position, you'd love to keep their back on the ground. But it's, when people are using their legs and they're powerful and they're explosive, they're trying to get, the person on the bottom should always be trying to get up on a shoulder, up on a shoulder. Otherwise, how are you going to escape? Right. So don't let them turn in for the elbow knee escape. Make them expose their back to try to turtle away to take their back and then you take their back yeah yeah you kind of understand i'll show you when you come down i'll, I'll show you we'll, we'll i'll go over this whole thing with you that we're talking about and i'll show you the uh what i'm saying when i show it to you you'll see it's it it, it breaks people like like the pressure yeah that sounds counterintuitive i guess to my like or at least to what i've learned and i just i don't i don't fully understand how you're going to take their back if their back's on the ground but they're you're going to make them turn you make them turn yeah because you go to the side that they they have to turn away from so they turn away from you because turning into you they're not getting anywhere mm -hmm. so you leave the door open so they go the, the other oh. way so they're going to turn one way here's what people do in in this situation where you get them in a stressful uh, position they'll usually cycle through two or three options and if you if you pay attention, you'll see like one. Oh, he's gonna turn this way now. Oh, he's gonna go back there. You start to see, and what you can do there is you can put what I call jujitsu ambushes. You know, you can catch them in those transitions. Yeah. So like if I if your option one, if I'm in side control, option one is um, let's say um, elbow knee escape. Yeah. Like shrimping. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrimping, shrimping, yeah. and getting your elbow knee yeah. to recover your guard. Mm -hmm. That's your first option, right? And your section, second option is maybe you Heisman out. Like you grab the outside arm and you get up to your knees and you stand up. Yep. Those don't exist. What other option do you have? 
you gotta go the other way. You gotta give your back. Mm -hmm. So if you can create it to where people give you back exposure, one, they're not they're not punching you. They're mm -hmm. running from you. Yeah. And if you get good at reading that moment when they're about to do that, you can create an ambush. Like you set them up. You set them up, yeah. yeah. All it is is all jujitsu is set up through pressure. I use set up through pressure and connection. Because if I overwhelm you with pressure and a connection, a smothering connection, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna have to because, again, I'm gonna stay there. I'm not in a rush. As an older athlete, you need to get good at laying your weight on them. Yeah, wearing them down. Let's bring them if they're like really really jacked and strong. You need to bring them to where they're big and weak right yeah like not strong anymore mm -hmm. and if you can learn how to weather that storm by controlling the, the rotation the twisting the turning when they're done then you just kill them yeah it's reminding me of this guy i was rolling with at the headquarters the brazilian jiu-jitsu headquarters in colorado springs and he was he was like a college football player just jacked and he i don't like rolling with guys way bigger than me but he was he was we were going for like almost like tackling to to the, he was trying to you know take me down because we're starting in a standing up position and um i i would have a, i feel like i would have a have had a hard i never finished him i never got close to getting him in a dominant position because he was just so much bigger and stronger yeah. than me and we were doing three minute rounds and i'm just I'm still a white belt i've been a white belt for like 20 years i might be like a have a couple stripes if I, you know, went to a school and they evaluated me properly. Yep. But um, yeah, that when they're that much bigger than you, and they're you know just like jacked. Because I was I was telling you how I hurt my knee. I was yeah yeah you're going up it. against a six six guy, and I was able to control him and and manipulate him. But he was also very uh, like a novice. Yeah. So well, I, I would say like in that situation, like I don't, I don't try to roll even even myself. I don't roll with those guys. Yeah, because like they don't, they don't really get it yet. Yeah, and you want to if you're gonna roll with a bigger athlete, roll with a bigger athlete that has been doing jujitsu for a little bit. Exactly, because they're gonna be technical and big. Yeah, and and I'd rather roll with someone who's technical and big than spazzy and big I any day, it. right? Yeah, exactly. And I I would say with with those kind of guys. You have that's again it goes back to like as soon as you lock hands, you can tell what it's gonna be, right? Or when they get ready to explode, what they do? Big old power breath, right? And then you hear it comes. So what <laughs> I would listen for that when I would train with people like that. The best thing to do with big guys is get them on their back. You know, you're not gonna sweep them, but you can stand in base. Like, you know, grab the collar, mm -hmm. you know, bop the leg and then stand up. Like grab the ankle and just do this kind of Knee, knee pop or ankle pop where you're like now they're on their back and you're in that knee cut position i would do that and once i would put a big on the ground i would float on him but i would work to just keep him on his back yeah and big guys like i don't know i felt like they were easier to hold down like i felt like i had a harder time with someone who was my size or a little bit bigger but was still agile and technical because holding a bigger guy down wasn't that hard for me when I started to understand like where to put my weight, what kind of side control to use, because not everybody, most people when you see side control, where do they, they're on their knees, right? Is that how you play? 
Um, I, like if I'm inside control and I have I'm on side control, I'm kind of like sprawl, like sprawled. There you go. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. The reason why I do that is because the other way they're just gonna get out. Yeah. So a lot of people they teach it on their knees. I'm like, and I'm not saying don't do that because there's times when I will box them in is what I call it. Uh-huh. where I'll use my knee, get it right behind the hip, yeah. and I'll get my shoulder and my other leg, and I'll just kind of box them in. Yeah. And I'll use that because that helps with turn prevention. But for the most part, I'll lay on them like a, in a, like a case of Katami, kind of like sprawl out, like the, just basically a sprawl like what you said. And I'll just stay connected and just stay heavy. Yeah. And just wear them out. Don't yeah. move too much. Don't move too much because don't connect you your hands. Your posi- if you position. if you connect your hands, they roll you right. Yeah. So keep them out like this and just stay under the elbows. Yeah, the the floating on top. I feel it's that's uh, it's fun. If you, I mean, I like the transitions of they're trying to roll out and you you let them roll, but you keep your weight on them and keep you know keep uh, stay on top. Oh, ultimately. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't stay there, you know. Yeah, if you connect right, what's your weight? 160. Yeah, if you connect right, you're gonna be able to hold someone down easy. Uh, yeah. You just have to. You just have to know like what what to do to stop them from turning and when they're gonna turn. What part of Colorado are you are you in? Littleton. Okay. Yeah, that's where my school is. Is that in the south or in the north? Uh, it's like southwest. Okay, good. Yeah. So like. By Aurora. See, no, 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 no. Uh, by the mountains. Oh, that. Oh, uh, by towards the, the, mountains, the other yeah. side. So okay. if you go like if you go down C470. Uh, all the way down, um, I'm off of Kipling. Okay. So you take I-25, C-470 to Kipling. That My school's right there. Okay. I, would de- I definitely want to come up there and take advantage of that. But I, what, I have, I want someone here in like my local area and I'm, I have a, I have a couple bucks and I'll pay, I would pay a black belt to like come. And obviously I'm not asking you, but like yeah. somebody yeah. local to come like twice a week, uh, you know, because the the I'd be happy to work with you. Here's yeah. what we have to do, though. Maybe we can find a place to meet in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That way, it's like not too bad. Uh, how far is Castle Rock from here? Le- it's close, like an hour. Uh, okay. It's not so, too bad, though. That's better. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, because I have a buddy, uh, one of my uh, uh, good good friends. I mean, he'd been training with me for a long time, and then you know we kind of got a little disconnected but uh back again he owns uh dusty he owns uh what is it uh, uh castle rock jiu-jitsu okay uh the uh um actually they changed it to fulcrum, fulcrum. oh i think i've heard about yeah, that. yeah yeah so that, was, that i've known them forever yeah so uh yeah maybe uh i'll talk to him maybe we can swing by there but i'll be happy to work with you on some stuff come down uh, and you know, with the with the uh, one thing I started doing, which is interesting, uh, I don't know if a lot of people are ready for it, but when twenty twenty happened, I already had my digital stuff already done. Yeah. So I could like digitally coach people. Yeah. And but so, you need I need a partner. Yeah, but yeah, if you have a partner, yeah. yeah. But like I start, I have people that I like actually get on uh, Zooms with and like uh, you know Facetime and like go over stuff that they're doing inside my app. Like they they pick a lesson and they work on it and then I'll I'll correct them and then I'll send me videos. So I've done some video coaching too. Yeah. If you have a partner, I'd be happy to show you some things. I show you a couple of things, give you an idea. You work on it for a you know, month, come back, get another idea. You you'll have success. Okay. Yeah. That's and you fun. could do it where you're at here. You yeah. Know, all you just need is bodies. I show you some things. You show me what you're you're uh, kind of struggling with. You know what what kind of questions you have. Like hey, I'm getting caught in this. 
I'd be I've got something to show you I'm sure oh yeah if not I'll figure it out that's what I do yeah I th I've been putting up on Facebook just like we have a like, community page and I'm like looking for sparring partners yeah and just because I, I, I was going to the headquarters and they brought in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and it's so funny how much how like wide a gap there is between even certain black belts you yeah. know it's like and but he was just we, we just got done rolling i think we we did like these two minute um sparring and there was 10 people and we kept rotating until we went through all 10 and you know you're spent at this point yeah. and it's so fun and you we're all just kind of like drunk you know from the exhaustion yeah yeah and he was talking about how that's what jujitsu does for a lot of you know the practitioners is you come in you're all like tense and you have like maybe some anxiety or whatever but when it's when you're done rolling you're just like oh it's yeah i feel it's like because it's like a i would say that training jujitsu and getting into that after you get comfortable with it you know and you're able to kind of disconnect from your thoughts mm -hmm. you're using your body but I don't know how in tune you are in that moment when you're fighting in your body. I feel like you're just reacting, you know, at first. Yeah. But I feel like uh, it's kind of a form of meditation in a way because I think the basis of meditation is for you to be able to disconnect from your mind and your body and maybe, you know, uh, do some internal, uh, you know, thinking and, and kind of like explore that explore like kind of your your own thoughts in a quiet space i feel like jujitsu even though it's not quiet for say because there's music but i can't remember any song that's ever playing when i'm training i can't remember sometimes what i did in the role i've been really trying hard to be present to that though like and sometimes when i'm really active or when i'm really thinking about it, i can remember the exact role but like how many people can do that right so the challenge for me was like, I want to see how much I can remember in all those transitions, right? And that's how, I, like, I don't know, like I feel like doing those different things where you like, you're reacting, you're, you're not really thinking, you're responding, you are not thinking about the fight you got in with like your your wife or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Like like a lot of people, they, they come in, you can see like, oh man, I just kind of. Hey, how's it going, Bob? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, or so you know, like I'm sure people have done that to you, where you come in, and you're like, "You doing all right?" You know, or something oh, like that. Yeah. Man, I see my students come in, and I'll be like, especially like someone like Joe, my buddy. You know, he's him and I've been doing life together for a long time. He's one of my first black belts recently. Uh, I've I have a lot of black belts that I promoted. I mean, I would say probably less than fifty, but maybe like uh, like thirty something, thirty. 40, I don't know, something like that. I, I have to like total it up. I'm not working with all of them anymore, but like there's people that I've been part of with that and uh, um, been uh, very much involved with their jujitsu. But like I never had promoted until recently a, a student of mine from white to black belt. Oh, wow. All the way. Yeah. So this last promotion we did, uh, I got my fourth degree, which was cool, you know, because like I'm like, wow, I've been doing this a long ass time. <laughs> And then uh, I, I was able to, you know, promote six of my old, oldest students to black belt. Uh, like I said, some of them came to me as blue belts. 
and you know that's still big you know because they've been with me for like over 10 years easy. yeah and then uh um three of them got were from white to black nice like, so that to me was like they stuck with me that long that means i guess they could put up with me but they all are in the morning crew okay so maybe that's how it works because they don't take class from me all the time <laughs> yeah no and you know they're good people they all they're all like the uh my professionals they're all like you know cops and firefighters oh, okay. you know people who work at lockheed you know people who are getting up early they're disciplined so they come in they i have a one of the biggest 6 a.m classes i think whoa it's stacked there's like five six black belts sometimes in that 6 a.m class multiple brown belts multiple you know uh, uh, uh purple belts and if you're a white belt you usually that's what you're dealing with i like that i would rather yeah. roll with browns yeah they're gonna take care of you yeah yeah someone who knows jujitsu isn't gonna hurt you i know you know they're gonna be like they're gonna be like oh don't do this because of that they're gonna kind of help guide yeah you. i like that instead of blind lead the blind yeah i can't i knew i've heard so many people say like they don't roll with white belts but i was in a white belt class and and i was i was really just going for the sparring you know you do the repetitions the um different things for the first 45 minutes um and then you get like the last 15 minutes to spar. yeah oh yeah that's, that's how my, most people do it my we, favorite part we do a little bit different at my school we roll for 30 minutes in the beginning uh, oh some people come in, they do their stretching, and then we start the timer and we run five minute rounds for 30 minutes. Oh, I love that. And then I do a little bit of instruction. And I teach mostly concept theory. You know, I don't, I don't you know, very few, I'll show you sequences off the idea, but I'm not gonna like teach you like a whole bunch of moves. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna teach you something that I think could be a universal concept that you can apply in multiple areas of your game. That's what I wanna focus on. Because if you get that, the other stuff you're going to learn you can make work mm -hmm. you know the principles make it work the concepts make it work the strategies make it work it's not always the step and the technique the step and the technique don't make it work it's knowing how and when to apply ah. and when to move and when not to move yeah yeah the play all the places i've gone are all it's always the step-by-step -step technique you do drills and then you roll and that's and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that it's yeah. just like for me i i i feel like i i have a I've done it both ways. I, I like I said, I've been teaching jujitsu since I, I mean, I was started teaching when I was a blue belt. So I've been teaching jujitsu a long time, and I started teaching professionally in like two thousand seven or eight, something like that. Mm. Or not professionally, but like you know, I walked away from my job. I guess you could say professionally. I wasn't making any money. It was more just like let's see if I can make this work. But I walked away from you know regular jobs career or looking for a career and i said i'm just gonna do my own thing when i did that um i think it was probably one of the best things ever of course because it, it it pushed me to grow into a person that could like you know look at myself and be honest with myself and say you know what you gotta fucking up you gotta do this right you gotta do that right it really put things in perspective right yeah but when you're, when you're starting your own like company i assume you taught at uh, somebody else's school for a while yeah i taught i taught for helson i would teach uh uh when i would go see my buddy phil and uh he was in austin texas at the time and i would go see the him. marine guy yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah we stay we're still buddies to this day man he he lives in florida i but i gotta go see him phil cardella he uh he's one of i love that guy you know if it wasn't for him you know you would have never even well started i would i would like to think that i would have but yeah. i wouldn't have started then right 
and I'm glad I started then because I had no idea there was jujitsu on the island. Yeah, like I had no idea. I, I was like, it, I didn't even think to look. Right. Yeah. My my first experience, and we're gonna we'll have to wrap it up soon due to time no issues. Worries, yeah. But um, he, it was a buddy of mine, and we just pushed uh, he had trained with someone a couple of times and then he wanted to teach me some like uh arm triangle or whatever and just a few different things and we pushed the couches out of my dad's um you know in the living room and we just rolled on the on the carpet and that was my and i remember just at the end of it just laying there just you like i gotta do this <laughs> yeah it was it's a, a good feeling man when you yeah. when you exhaust yourself like that you know it's like it's like goes back to this you know I feel like as a as a human being, I feel like everybody's trying to get better. Everybody's trying to level up, expand, right? Set a boundary or a goal, right? A goal becomes a boundary. And when you hit it, you break through it, you set another goal, another boundary. Because when you set that, you, your natural instinct is you want to break through that boundary. As soon as you know there's a boundary, you're going to want to break through it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I thought that I would be kicking ass and I'd be like, this is all I need to do is make 10000 a month with my school. And I'm good. And I broke through that. And I was like, nope, <laughs> I need more. Exactly. It's, just like, it's like you can always level up. And I think it's good. I think it's always to have a, a worthy goal that you, you go after. You know? Yeah. And like jujitsu, it gives you goals, right? It gives you the belt system and everything like that. But I'll tell you, once you get your black belt, your goal is only one thing. Go as far down the rabbit hole as you can with jujitsu, because you'll learn a lot about yourself. You'll make incredible friends. Mm -hmm. And when you get done with it, when you look back on on, your, on the years that have gone by, you'll see how many amazing people have touched your life and how many lives you've touched. And I don't think there's anything better than that, knowing that you help someone with their life, either with just some kind words or a little encouragement, or you showed them something that actually saved their life like an officer of the law or a woman that's going to be victimized. Like I've had it all. I've had, you know, women that, that have been able to like protect themselves because they learned a little bit of jujitsu from our school, you know, and, uh, and bullies, like kids, bullies. I mean, yeah. if you're a bully and one of my kids beats your ass, I'm sorry, come in and learn lessons. You'll learn how to defend yourself and to be a better person, but you deserve it. Totally, yeah. yeah, and the you know, like teaching kids the, the the confidence that you get from learning jujitsu, just people won't fuck with you just by the way you're walking. Yeah, your whole your whole your features change, your physique change, your mind change, the way you look at people. Um, you're, you look, if animals, if a dog can tell you when you're nervous, human beings can too. Mm -hmm. And if you're a confident person, they can also tell that. Yeah, and like if you're a calm and you're at ease, I feel like your presence. If you're confident, you're at ease when you walk into a room. People should feel at ease. You know. Yeah. If they don't, you're being in a, you're being more like an intimidating asshole. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's your persona. I'm the tough guy in the room. You know? Right. But if you're at ease and you're confident, I feel like the room should change. And and your life will change. I think if you you know, practice jujitsu. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think jujitsu makes you better looking, definitely smarter. And if you do it right, it'll make you more money because you're learning discipline and consistency and that'll make you successful on its own. And you can learn that at Cathaaro Training Center. Yeah, and, or uh, any, any, find your martial art, yeah. whether it's like musical instruments, 
you know, uh, BMX, motocross, racing, whatever it is, that's your that's your that's your way. I think to personal growth because it's something you love. The Dow. Yeah, damn right. The way. The way. Yeah. Beautiful, Steve Hordinsky. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate and, you having me. Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna come to your co uh, school, or we'll meet in the middle. And I, I'm gonna tell my daughter to come by there. She's 22, and she's never tr practiced. And I always wonder. Bella, too. Bella trains too. Yeah, yeah. We, my lady. All right, so like, I couldn't do anything without her. She has been uh, instrumental on instrumental on like the way we're doing our marketing now, the way we're growing our women's program. Like, I'll tell you, you know, like. Uh, if you come down, you'll, you'll see. She'll take really good care of Dar. She's very good at jujitsu. We train together every single day. I love that. Like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't like what she's doing now because she's getting too much pressure. Like, I can't move the way I want to underneath her because she's like just crushing me sometimes. So she's a good teacher. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, when you come down, uh, we'll get something lined up with, with you and your daughter and then uh, she can work with uh, Bella. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, it's been enlightening, and I appreciate you and just driving down here to yeah. spend time with me. It's been. A, I'll come down again. Okay. Next time we'll train, though. We'll go yeah. to your school. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty down here. This it is a nice area. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know. It was like when we're driving in. I was like, "Hey, wake up! It's pretty." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Bella's looking around too. We're so. living in a. It's a beautiful it's, landscape. It's very nice. It's like a painting. But yeah. uh, okay, well, we'll we'll make that happen. Absolutely. And all of you, check him out, Steve Hordinsky. He's on. It's a Hordinsky something, on on Instagram. Uh yeah. So uh, ju ju uh, Hordinsky Jujitsu on yeah. Instagram. Uh, Hordinsky underscore Jujitsu. Uh, just Steve Hordinsky. I'm like. There's not many of us. No, yeah. It's, it's a kind of unique name. Um, so Cathal Training Center, we're in Littleton. If you're someone who wants to look at jiu-jitsu and you're not around, or you don't have a school, or you just want to check it out, jiu-jitsu on the go. It's in the iOS app store and the uh, Android. So you can check that out there too. Oh yeah. We'll see you guys next week or soon. I haven't been doing them quite weekly. I've been doing them like every other week a little anyway anyway somewhere. this is fun man i yeah. appreciate you having me done man thank you so much all right peace everybody see you next week or soon <laughs>